Let them be real with the people, but don't lie to them. Freely admit that I am prejudiced against timeshares. So my definition of timeshare is prepaid vacations. And uh, last year, the average uh, timeshare sold for about $20,000. If you're a salesperson, this is something you want to tap into. Biggest thing with objections? For timeshare, all you hear is a bunch of negative things. And they were persuasive and they kept pushing us and pushing us and, and we'd say no and they'd say something else. Back, it's your host Richie Rich and your boy Dylan the Realtor. Hey, listen, welcome to Sold in 60. I got a special guest on the show today and I want to give her her flowers while we're here. Shout out to the one and only Anna Johnston. Welcome aboard. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you. Congratulations, Cool Space. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Shout out to Factual Films. We're using their location and... um, if, if you guys want to uh, book a space to do podcasts, photo shoots, uh, content creation, Factual Films is the sponsor. Link is in the bio. Book them by the hour, book them by the day. Yeah, that's what we do. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, listen. Welcome aboard. I'm excited to have you. So much to talk about. There's a lot of history here, and I want to give it to the viewers. You know what I'm saying? So, All right. Um, Basically, let's 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 go back, all right? Because we talk timeshare talk, we talk about the vacation industry, and you know one of the biggest things that I love is when you have like a woman of power, like yourself, that's been in the game for for so long and understands the game and has and has navigated through the changes of the industry. So, being a woman, being as strong as you are, how did you even get in this business? Wow, that's a loaded question right there. <laughs> How do I get in the business was actually because I did OPC, which is the marketing part of it. And during that time, I had never even seen Timeshare. I just uh, thought, okay, it's easy to invite people to go for breakfast, to get a super massive discount on tickets. And, and it was fun. It was easy booking. I was going to college at the time. So... Little that I knew how nice the property was because I was inviting people and sending them over and I never had actually seen the resort. Mm. So a few years later when I had an opportunity to go to get my real estate license and get into the sales because I kept hearing about it, I thought, wow, if I only knew how pretty this was earlier, I would have booked way more tours. Wow. So for those of you that don't know what OPC, I believe that means off-property contact. And when there's a family that's probably at a restaurant or in the mall or something. Yeah, the Florida Mall was the spot. Ooh. Or International Drive, in and out of the hotel's lobbies. and That's 1999. <laughs> wow. That's what's up. And that was the industry was just like booming at the time. Maybe you could take us back there because, all right, so you got these families there. They're at the mall. And they want a discount on tickets, and you convince them to go to a, a resort to see a presentation. It's actually more like a fish market. They're walking around trying to see where they're going to go, and you have to kind of yell across the room and say, Hey, <laughs> you guys, let me give you some information. You want some discounted tickets? You want to save some money on the tickets? And mm. it's a nonstop. It's like a flea market. Was that your first time uh, in a job where you had to actually go out and stop people and run them down and get them to sign up for a presentation or a breakfast? It was the first time doing something like that? Yes, yeah, sure it was. Were you nervous? 
No, like, because you're in the center, like, of a walkway, so you just have to not be timid or quiet. You have to just talk nonstop, like, grab. And after a little while, it just, it's no big deal. Yeah. Now, other than the present, other than the breakfast, um, you were telling the families, hey, you just have to go have a breakfast and sit somewhere for 90 minutes. But did you knew at the did you know at the time what that 90 minutes actually consisted of that's a good point because i had no clue <laughs> yeah i know like i had no clue what they were going to be doing or and all in my english at the time also wasn't very very good and, but all i knew was like oh you're gonna see a place next time you come here you might have another option to where to, to stay and if you don't like it that's okay but you're still gonna get the gift anyways mm. But I wish, I honestly wish that I knew how nice the place was because I would have been uh, sending a lot more qualified tours. Speaking of that, so qualified tours. So there are some people that just send. How does the OPC get paid? By booking. And the biggest thing is that the OPC needs to do a quick qualification and then offer something that's a no-brainer. You're going to have to eat anyways. You're mm -hmm. going to buy the tickets anyways. Why not save some money and then next time you come to town, you have an option of a different place to stay. So it's it's not that hard. It's just sometimes just the logistic of finding the time in the day that they can go. Got you. Has to be convenient. Correct. They got to show up. Mm -hmm. So you get paid per booking, but there's some people that, so the qualification, some people, do OPCs tell them how to qualify? Hey. <laughs> some of them. You know. The OPCs, if they're not following the rules, they can actually guide the tours in how to to not be a good tour. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a little iffy there. But um, for the most part, it's just the qualification of husband and wife and um, the income. And that's one that sometimes the OPC can just um, manipulate a little bit. I honestly, I, I, at my time, I, I found it easy because the discount on the tickets was good enough. Mm -hmm. It was really good value for the families to go, and I just honed in on that value for them. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that I would pitch the property just a little bit more because then it would be even better tours that were going in because... The first time I saw the time the timeshare unit, I remember my jaw dropped. I mm. was like, "Wow, people travel like this. This is amazing." Mm -hmm. But I, for two years, I had been sending people over, and I never saw it. Have you ever sent a family over and you seen them after they purchased, and they said, "Hey, I bought this. I bought the package that you told me about." Or... Actually, yes. At the time, there were a lot of um, British people. I I worked at um, the locations. Um, that I worked at were International Drive. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we had a lot of British um, tourists. Mm -hmm. And they used to buy a lot. They were like the hot the hot customer. That's what's up. So how'd you get into the sales part after being OPC? So people thought, hey, would ask me, why don't you go into sales? Why don't you go into sales? And I thought, I don't know how. So somebody gave me a heads up to look for a friend that worked there and actually uh, one of the trainers of the marketing department his wife was a manager at the property and so 
that's kind of like how my connection was. Mm -hmm. And I got hired very fast and then I got my real estate license, my real estate license real quick. The thing is that it took me a little six months or so to get used to how to to get the impact sale. Right. Same day sale. Yeah, it took me about six months and then it went up from there. So for those of you that are listening or considering getting into the timeshare industry, there is a, a small learning curve when you're getting to that sale because it's a same day sale. It's a short amount of time that you have to connect with the family to ask them to buy and convince them why they should do it today. Right. So here you have yeah. somebody that was chasing people down. Hey, come here. Let me show you a cool way to save on tickets. And they knew that you had the ambition. So someone recommended you to get into the sales. Then you get into sales and then you figure out how to how to sell that product. And then you I mean, you so you talking about early 90s. Now we're in 2022. That means that you've been in the game and survived because some people don't survive. Right. We say you know, this game is not for everyone. So, like earlier you were saying about being a woman and then being in this industry, quickly I realized that women can get away with saying certain things a little bit easier than men. And then it's also true in the other, in the other side, when men can say some things to some prospect that it would be difficult for a woman sometimes to make the same statement. Mm -hmm. So there, I realized that there is a huge power in being a woman in, in the sale and I noticed the top 10, just always three, four women in there that were riding uh, at the top, making the most money. And I think that's where you think, well, this is a equal opportunity, really is. And it's for anybody and anybody from any culture. Uh, as long as, you, like you said, the survival skill is there. Mm -hmm. and, and I think... I think we're special people in this type of impact sale because we have a, a thick skin. We have gone through things in life and um, have dealt with things where it enables us to take rejection mm -hmm. and, and get over with and move on and, and keep, keep going. So I feel this industry has a lot of good leaders that are unfortunately not women. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it takes also a little bit of a, a rougher edge to run um, the floors. It's, it's been my experience in different companies that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, the bosses are mostly men. But other than that, the women are making money and the women are on pulling the numbers just as strong when it comes to the sales. I see the women that demand their respect, you know. Um, I think that it probably comes with the tone that you set. I mean, so let me, let, let's talk about this. I know some women that get into the industry and think that with their looks, um, they can persuade management to maybe give them more leeway. But I try to, if, if I could get a one-on-one -on -one with them, I tell them it's a numbers game and the look and the smile and the, the dates is not going to hold your job. It's a numbers. They look at the numbers. So when a woman uh, makes a statement with the numbers, I don't think that there's much that anyone can say to you, but respect the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. The looks do help, whether you're a male or a female, meaning like you're charming, you have to be um, you have to be magnetic to to the customer mm. uh, of some sort. You have to have your presence, whether that's your swag or your style or um, that helps. Not necessary. It's not necessary, but that it's also 
one of the things that I think it helps on the sales floor. Do you remember your first sale? Sure do. Really? <laughs> I had no idea why and how and what they bought. <laughs> because we pitched them, I pitched them like my heart out. And these two guys were scrambling their notes to find the money to buy. They wanted to buy so bad that I had at the time a manager who was a fast talker from New York. And, and all I know is that there were like four different proposals that were presented and went back and forth so many times that once it came, it came down to it, I didn't even know what was it that we were selling. Mm -hmm. I wasn't so clear as to what they bought. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Now, I know before when you were doing the OPC, um, you know, you were getting them to come to uh, a breakfast. But this time on the sales side, you're actually getting them to come out of their pockets, you know, thousands of dollars, depending on the package and, you know, the amount of weeks that they purchase. So was this your first time working a job where or having a career where you had to ask someone for 30, 40, 50, 60 thousand dollars within two hours of meeting them? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you learn quick and you learn from each other. And mm -hmm. then you learn from people that were there before you, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody said there is a pile of cash in the middle of the table. Every table you sit, the pile, it's sitting there. Mm. And, and if you don't grab it, it's going to go with them. Mm. And so I, I just thought of that every day and I remember you know certain things I don't want to say to put pressure and I have to be understanding of what they're saying and don't you know it can be soft to what they say you have to keep keep plugging and thinking of that money that's on the table because that's that's your paycheck mm -hmm. and you don't want it to walk so you if you envision that then you can ask for it and then it makes it more comfortable because you know the money's there and if you don't take it, they're going to take it and then somebody else is going to take it from them. Facts. <laughs> and then all you did was sit there and watch walk away. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, salespeople are aggressive? Um, I think salespeople have a different set of skills. Sometimes I think that we're very capable of manipulating, which can be an aggressive trait because when you put like I remember in the beginning years when success starts to come around and then you start thinking you want everything your way mm -hmm. everything in life and that can be a little bit aggressive yeah mm. I was telling um, Dylan the other day that I, I think that um some people misunderstand passion or oh, I forgot what's the word I'm looking for. You know, when you're passionate about something or if you're talking to somebody and they told you the reasons why they would buy and then you, in the back end, they may not, you want to hold them to what they said earlier. That may come off of be, come off as being aggressive when you really is just using the information they told you earlier and putting it back on them so that they don't, you know, just walk away with trying to play you. So I think that that becomes really challenging when you're too hungry. Um, when you're not too hungry, then, then you can express that exactly the same thing, same scenario without aggressiveness. Mm. But like when you, when you don't keep your cool on and then you want to call them out and then you're conflicting. Mm. 
And that it's a very thin line because you can say the same exact thing with a not so nice tone and then you're done because that's a very delicate time when you are fighting for the hook. Mm -hmm. They want it off, you want it on. <laughs> yeah. Is that like commission breath? Oh, totally. That commission breath will ruin that plate. Mm. Copy. Mm -hmm. I like that. So what the viewers don't know is, uh, so you, you have this journey, you went from OPC, you got into sales, you've been in the business for quite some time. And then um, it's for the viewers that don't know, uh, I had the opportunity to, to be your partner. And we both were uh, uh, trainers for a company and teaching people sales. And one of the things that I want to know if you felt the same way, because I really never expressed it, but being on that, that level of management, did you think it was a little different um, showing or talking, to, training people from textbook to helping them really understand how it is in the real world? Did I word that right? So if I understood your question, like, how does it translate to from the books to putting in practice? Yeah. Um, I think like the book is pretty much the it's pretty much the this the base right like if you play a sport or if you if you're athletic you know you have a strong stance so you have a certain width to your steps and mm -hmm. a certain movement to your shoulders that helps propel so like the books is like that that structure right that base that foundation now how you're going to move it's just based on your personality and speed because mm. I think some people can move through an A through Z way faster than others like I'm not the fastest but the way I move is how I can bring that rhythm my rhythm is how I can play out the steps of the book right some people are very creative so it's kind of like you know i guess in sports it would be compared to like doing tricks and <laughs> and stuff because some people can do flips right right and yeah. we, ju we just watch <laughs> True. but it doesn't it doesn't mean that you don't get there right right um i think that the biggest thing in in 20 plus years that i've been in this industry is resilience hmm resilience because it's we are farmers right you go through times of harvest and sometimes you can go through times where your crop is burnt or everything froze or something like that and you you can go from being in a really high place to being in a really low place mm -hmm. and that really resilience comes from just that that thick skin that you're capable of enduring Enduring. So yes. so you mentioned going from a really high place to a really low place. So let's touch that for a second. So when you're at the really, really high place, you know, your name's on the top of the list. You're going out in rotation every day, two, three tours a day. You're tired. You're making money. Life's great. You're, you're, when you clock out, all the lights are green on the on the ride home. You know, everything's just awesome. Birds are chirping. <laughs> Birds the chirping. Butterflies you know? are <laughs> slow motioning, crossing the road. Listen, yeah. champagne problems. But there comes a time where things get dark and, and we get low. So how do you stay strong and persistent and consistent? Uh, what do you do? What motivates you to get you out of the valleys to get you back on top of that mountain? 
So like those dark moments, they like I feel from my my own it, that you question your life existence. Mm. It can take you really to a place where, like I used to say it sometimes, it feels like you're underwater and you can come out mm -hmm. to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so that that's the toughest time. So for me, I avoid looking at the numbers. Because if you were trying to compare yourself in a moment like that to the people that are writing, it's only going to hurt you mm -hmm. more. You'd be suffering, you'd be a bit envy mm -hmm. and a bit uh, sorry so. for yourself, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you got to kind of like pretend it's not none of your business. Mm -hmm. What are the people's businesses? Mm -hmm. Although it is because you want to follow the crowd that's moving mm -hmm. uh, on top, but at that time you have to detach. And so I do that. I detach from from having that influence and then I just grab on to the idea that I know money walks in and money walks out the door every day. Yes. And I'm 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 there to to get what falls in my lap and it's coming. So I feed that thought with meditation, with yoga, with she definitely does yoga. I do. I have to <laughs> because or else I go like, I go really, um, the tenseness and the, the commission breath takes over big time. So for me, I have to just do that meditation, a lot of meditation to just be happy, be cool, be collected and be positive and focus on just that thought. Money comes in and money comes out the door. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... It gets to a point, I think, that when the pressure is too much, you know, it's a pressure cooker. Yeah, <laughs> you have yeah. to sometimes take the lid off and then and then relax. So sometimes when the tension goes too far, it's almost like you throw things in the air and say, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how much how much how much worse can you get? And yeah. then sometimes that's the breaking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you just, you know, whatever. Yes. You release, and then sometimes you fall back in place in a, in a little bit better situation because the vibe it it it, it transfers, mm -hmm. right? You're mm -hmm. you if you're feeling tense and stuff, um, the family the, the families will feel that from you. Facts, absolutely. So this so this is like this kind of stuff that people want to know before they even get in the business or if they take the lead. There's somebody sitting out there right now watching this and saying, damn, I want to get in, but I don't know what to expect. I heard this person tried it, but it didn't work for them. I, heard, I know this person tried it and shit, they're doing really good. You know what I'm saying? And I know I'm better than them. So would you recommend someone take a shot at this industry? Look, Rich, I don't think that none of us, even with the experience of teaching for five years that we worked together teaching, um, you would see people come in and out, and you could, you cannot know yeah. who is going to make That's it. true. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. You, you would be like playing the lotto. Yeah. Like, it's a total random guess. I lost a bit on a few of y'all. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, it just, there is no formula. And so for that, I say everyone should try it, especially anyone who wants to run their own business like because you can you can make this as comfortable or as huge as you want to make it mm -hmm. because it's a very comfortable lifestyle if you stick around and you follow the steps and you endure and you you persist you make it 
but it's definitely not for the soft hearted <laughs> because you have to you have to be able to accept rejection and you have to deal with the situations and you'll be dealing with people you know mm -hmm. we 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 are psychologists we are doctors we are counselors we are friends we are advisors we are so many different things during the meetings and you need to have that to give facts hmm. that's deep so what's your morning routine so ideally almost every day i ride the bike for 20 minutes with the dog stretch for about 15 20 minutes do a little meditation and then coffee and get ready to go to work so like that that is the piece that brings me calmness to kind of go through the day when in the beginning of my my years in this career i would be like 15 minutes before being in the morning meeting i'm waking up and running out the door <laughs> <laughs> not anymore mm -hmm. calling your friend to clock you in and things yay <laughs> you know it <laughs> but fun. you know like those times also when i look back that feeling it's almost that feeling that I spoke about a moment ago where you say, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it's like a don't care so much feeling also. It's not a bad one. Because when you stroll in a little bit lighter, not so tense, Tense, you know, sometimes it's just because I've had plenty of times where I walked in at work kind of like feeling so relaxed, mm -hmm. meaning un not preoccupied, not concerned, not none of that. Mm -hmm. So that vibe was very helpful at points. But I don't think that that's a consistent thing to do. So the more the more you prepare in the sense of bringing your mind, your spirit, your body ready for the battle, mm -hmm. <laughs> the better off you are. You better you have better chances. To balance it out, so so you'll be more clear-minded too. I like that. Well, I like I know for a fact that your morning routine is official. I do see you meditate. I've seen the progression in the yoga. You're doing things that I never could imagine. I know I can't do. <laughs> but one thing that I do uh, respect is I know your circle. You have a very powerful circle. There's a lot of powerful women, including yourself, in that circle, and I think y'all all encourage each other. And when I see y'all. I'm encouraged as well to see all y'all doing so well. So keep doing your damn thing. You know what I'm saying? And um, I give you your flowers. Oh, thank you. You know, we 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 picked we pick from we pick inspiration from each other. So like all this, uh, I am I am fortunate to have some friendship with women in in power, women that are leading, and I look up to them and. They inspire me to be more, and, and sometimes when I think, if this person so and so did it, why can't I? Mm -hmm. And if she does it, why can't I? And so that it's just uh, awesome to have around. And I do hope that some sometime more women get into the higher up management positions because there is a, a, a positive influence that they can bring to balance things out in managing for sure uh, the tracks because it, 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 it brings some balance you need some balance for sure well 
We need more women to get involved, and if they want to get involved, the first thing you should do is get your real estate license. And if you want your real estate license, you should contact the Richdale School of Real Estate to get that license, because that's one of our sponsors. And then, of course, there's factual films, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Anna J. Anna Johnson, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank Sold you. in 16. Thank you so much for having me. We got to follow you and get that yoga and that routine. We should have a segment just about the morning routine. Or maybe like bring it into a morning meeting one of those days and say, hey, <laughs> yeah. just do what yum <laughs> all together. <laughs> Heck yeah.